Hey, everybody. Welcome back. That's my radio voice. Welcome back <laughs> to Kind of Libertarian. I'm Jeff Siegel, and this is Mike Turpin. How's it going today, buddy? What's up? It's good hey, to see you. We have got to jump right in today because some shit really pissed me off last week. The, uh, the Libertarian Party of Kentucky put out this tweet. It said, are the vaccine passports going to be yellow, shaped like a star, and sewn on our clothes? <sighs> okay, so not only as a Jew is that offensive to me, but as a libertarian, it is offensive to me. Because this is the problem, man. Like, so many people read this. Like, so many people read that. And it, almost all the, all the responses from people were, you know, typical racist libertarians. Like, everything was just piling on libertarians. Like, you know, were these horrible, like, ultra-right, you know, racist people. And I don't, like, the, the fundamentals of libertarian, libertarianism don't even, like, apply to that. It's the complete opposite of that. But then you have people like this that, that put out a, a really just offensive, um, like a tweet that just does not represent what this is supposed to be about. Dude, I was so pissed off. I don't know why I was pissed off. It's just some random dude that put it out there. But I was, I was mostly pissed because it was just another example of how all these people now that want to hate on libertarians, you know, now they have more ammunition once again. And it's just, I even, um, I even tagged Libertarian Party. I'm like, this is why the Libertarian Party can't get anywhere because you guys can't get your shit straight. Am I, yeah. or am, no, I just, am I just getting, am I, am I, am I getting uh, oh, am I too offended by that? You know what, dude? It sounds, uh, oh, 100% sounds right. And this is a problem with fringe politics is that, for instance, I've brought up how I have friends who are, uh, contributors to the anarchist party one of them's in the green and black uh anarchist sort of uh perspective and then recently in the past few years we've had a surge of popular anarchism and it is so far from the people who have actually intellectually put hard effort into anarchism as a view to a degree right similarly you could say the same about like all of the tea party things that that came up when when that was a thing you know there was the radical there was the extremes and and, and libertarianism almost seems to me um it seems like people because it's so hard to put its finger on which we've talked about mm that people just think somebody within it represents everybody, but there's so much room for what seems like differing views within the party due to the framework of libertarianism. Because like, what is the glue that connects everybody in the party? And you're going to realize it's probably as about as diverse and dynamic as a group of people as you could get. And now you're being judged and your group um of of people are being judged by this and i this is the segment of the show i like to call um we talked we we hinted at this at the first episode explain it to me like i'm five because right. <laughs> I, all right so so this is what is this guy exactly saying about this like like get, what is what is exactly does that tweet mean okay so this idea of the vaccine passport okay first of all is is a massive violation of civil rights and I don't, I can't foresee it ever taking hold. Um, and it's just absurd that you would do something like that. But I know a lot of people are so terrified by COVID that 
a lot of people were like, yeah, that's a great idea. I have my passport. It says I have, you know, I don't have COVID and I get into this place and get into that place. There's so many problems with that. I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole. Um, I mean, it's just a violation. Like I said, it's just, it's just a violation of, of, of civil rights. Um, and you could potentially probably say it's a violation of, con of, of constitutional rights too, when you get into like, you know, the ability to um, assemble peaceably in any given location. Um, so obviously I'm opposed to this idea, um, but this, when, you, when people, and this happens a lot, and conservatives, well, everyone does it. Liber, or li, liberals do it on one thing, conservatives do it on the other, but conservatives typically do this when it comes to someone's rights being violated in terms of um, like something like this, saying, or like, like the mask thing, like, oh, I'm, I'm not gonna wear a mask because you can't make me wear a mask. There's a big difference between the murder of six million Jews and a vaccine passport. Both are bad ideas. But one is significantly <laughs> worse than the other. You know what I'm saying? And it's yeah. not like we can go beyond six million Jews. I mean, like what Hitler did, it was beyond just the Jews, but Jews are the ones that walked around with the with the yellow stars of David on, on you know, to be identified. There is nothing even remotely, you know, close to that when he's talking about a vaccine passport. I am on their side hundred percent in terms of uh, of opposing this you know, vaccine passport or whatever the hell it's called, but come on. And you know, and listen, this is, and this happens too. I am so fucking tired of everyone comparing shit they don't like to Nazis and Hitler. Uh, dude, you just read my mind. I was <laughs> literally just about to say, can we stop taking people seriously who compare everything to Hitler? Right. Can we please stop? Can we stop making that speak? Everybody we don't like apparently is Hitler and everything is Nazi Germany. And, and it sucks that people... You know what I think that it comes down to is that people want to take people seriously that they know they shouldn't take seriously just because it's ammunition and it's leverage. Right. It's the, it's the, it's the us versus them. So one idiot gets to represent everybody. Right. You know what I mean? Donald Trump as a politician hardly represented the Republican Party. I mean, historically, he's been both Democrat and Republican, and he right. was hardly a politician. But every single thing that he did got to, uh, you know, be seen as representing all of conservatives. It doesn't help that most conservatives were pretty pro-Trump. Um, right. But but in general, you, you get the idea. It's like they want to be able to take this type of comment seriously. When if we were to be honest with ourselves, we would just realize that most intelligent people would think this was, was stupid and only in a very idiotic or dense or narrow even libertarian would align with this sort of view or this sort of sensationalism. It's a different type of thinking to be able to sensationalize something so extremely. Right. But you know, it's so funny because it's guilty on both sides. So when Trump was in office, everyone would call him Hitler or a Nazi. When Obama was in office, people would call him Hitler and I... And a Nazi, I remember actually going to a rally in D.C. when Obama was in office, not to take part. I was just there to interview some people. And um, it was kind of like a very, I would say, right wing rally. It was supposed to be this idea of, of liberty and everything. But, you know, when you get there, like, what was her name? Michelle Bachman. I think that was her name. Yeah. She was spouting off some nonsense. And uh, I was there with um, someone who had a video camera and an intern. And the intern was this, this young woman. She was probably 20 years old. Um, 
had never even taken the train to DC. And um, I don't even know if she'd ever been on a train. She was very sheltered. And we get down there and someone had this big picture of Obama with like the Hitler mustache and, you know, giving a high Hitler and everything. And she's looking and she, she's literally, dude, she's freaking out. She's like, what is this? What are they doing? And I, I guess I'm so numb to it now, you know, like, I'm just like, oh, it's just, you know, some person who's fucking nuts and, you know, hates Obama. So he's going to compare Obama to, to Hitler. And she's like, but that makes no sense. I'm like, yeah, I know. I, I, I get it. But she was very, and it was, it was very, I say, I feel bad saying this. It was funny because she was also Jewish and she was, she was noticeably frightened by what she saw. Um, and I was like, man, like if you, if, when you look at, when you look at a situation like that, we trivialize what it means to be an actual Nazi. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, as opposed to, and you know, this is kind of, well, if we're going to talk about Nazis, let's talk about Nazis, you know? Yeah, let's do it. Here's one thing that I don't understand. The whole neo-Nazi thing, okay? Like, at some point, someone said, okay, I'm a Nazi, but, like, neo's, like, new, right? So, like, mm-hmm. but I'm a new Nazi. So, what, what is the difference between a neo-Nazi and an old Nazi? Like, in my head, I'm thinking, like, there's probably, like, some, like, old, like, 90-year-old, like, former SS guard who meets this guy and he says, I'm a Nazi too. And the guy's like, ah, you're not a fucking Nazi, man. We were gassing Jews by the thousands and everything. He's like, what are, how many Jews have you gassed? You know? So it's kind of like, it was like the old versus the new, like the granddad and the young and the grandkid. And he's like, you haven't done shit, you know? And the guy's like, well, I'm just a new Nazi, you know? Like I go out, I don't actually want to gas any Jews. I just want to like, you know, where a where a have a Hitler or have a, a a swastika tattoo and scare him and maybe try to like punch him or something like that old guy's like I fucking neo Nazis fucking pussies you know? yeah pussy Nazis you're not a real Nazi yeah dude it's almost it's almost like offensive to refer to a neo Nazi as a Nazi because like it's just so criminal on a smaller <laughs> level I I think when I think of it the the music genre side of me comes out and I'm like. I don't know if I like the idea of neo-Nazi. What about post-Nazi? It's post-Nazism. It's over. You're just still like, like it's something that like came of it in the, in the after effect. This is a funny aside. This has uh, only a little bit to do with anything we're talking about, but it has to do with Hitler. And it's, I've been listening to like every, every, I go through like spurts where for like a week or two, I'll get hardcore into punk. And then for a week or two, hardcore into rap. I'm like that type of thing. And lately I've been listening to some punks. So like Dead Kennedys where there's like Nazi punks fuck off and all that. And there's this band. This is just a silly little uh, (laughs) line, but it's funny and worth bringing up. I don't know if you've ever heard of the band The Vandals. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So they had like the funny song about like uh, my girlfriend's dead. Like he just tells everybody that his girlfriend's dead because they broke up and he doesn't want to say that they broke up or what (laughs) happened. So he just tells them all they're dead. But they have an album and it's called... Hitler bad, vandals good, <laughs> and it is just yeah. so funny. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah like uh, Hitler bad, kind of libertarians uh, good. <laughs> that that'll be our <laughs> slogan. <laughs> I wonder um, if, if anyone ever did that though. Like the the neo Nazis, like if they look back at oh, like the 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 OG Nazis, you know, and say, well, maybe if they did this differently or that differently. You know, I'm more of a woke Nazi, you know, like I'm a modern day woke Nazi. Like I wouldn't, <laughs> it's just the whole concept of Nazism is so absurd that we still, that people even take it seriously. When I, when I see guys at these rallies with like the, the Nazi stuff and the Hitler stuff, 
I'm like, you're a fucking cartoon, you know? It's it's so but then yet again, I mean, people still they sign up for that shit. I don't I'm so American and uh non sort of connected to like the idea of really understanding where like prejudice or that sort of framework of, of being so anti-Jewish that honestly, when I meet somebody who's like, seems like a, a skinhead sort of Nazi person, I just assume that there's almost no Jewish connection. And I just assume that they hate black people <laughs> and Mexicans. Like I just, I, I almost remove all Jewish context and I'm like, Oh wait, you're just like a white supremacist. Like you're, you're, you're like a cooler looking KKK person, like a less hillbilly Klansman <laughs> is what you are. Cause it's like, I mean, version. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't even see it's lost so much context that I hardly understand. Like you said, it's like, what does it even mean? Or, or what do you even do as a neat, as a neo? Like, do you just, have the tattoos and wear the clothing and have the viewpoints and that's as far as you take it but i guess that's as far as a lot of people take politics is just having the view mm -hmm. but yeah I, I mean i think that's when it gets that's when it gets sketchy though when people you know they start taking um violent action and you've oh, seen yeah. it. i mean yeah it's you see that shit all the time and if you look for it anyway and I, i've certainly seen it um the the weird thing is when I when I see someone and I know that like especially at shows like I see, when I go to shows sometimes you'd meet somebody and you, you know they might have like a um, like a patch or something that's like an old like swastika patch or an SS patch and your response is okay you either don't fully understand what that is or you fully understand what it is and you're trying to parade it around which is you know which is worse I, I think the latter is worse um, but you know the thing about with, with Hitler, like they, it wasn't just Jews. Like they, they exterminated Catholics. They exterminated gypsies, gay people. If you had, if you were even a little tan, like the possibility that you could have any black or brown in you, whatever, like you were just thrown into the camps too. It wasn't just Jews. You know, there are a lot of fucking people murdered. Um, so I think you're right. Like sometimes you see these Nazis and they're like, were you anti-Jewish? Are you just like, anti like anything that's not pure white which is doesn't even fucking exist by the way there's no such thing as pure white i know yeah everybody got a little black in them i know and then what i love is like i guess this is like the woke or like the the less like extreme is that i don't know if you've heard this but a lot of people like take the step back and they're like well i'm not a white supremacist or i'm not racist i'm just a white separatist <laughs> Have you heard that white separatism? Yeah. Oh, okay. That, yeah. Oh, no, that's cool. Now that you say it that way, <laughs> you sound awesome. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I do want to, we, we definitely will have to circle back to the, to the tweet and, <laughs> and the libertarian perspective on this and just the vaccine type uh, stuff in general, maybe in the mandatory, there's a lot of discussion about this going on, which is probably why you said you didn't want to fully unpack all that is wrong with it. Because what I've been hearing people talk about is like, you know, the critique as to whether or not it's racist because, uh, you know, to have the IDs, to do this. And I, I've heard a lot of talk, but see, I don't follow these current events fully. So I don't know if I'm hearing things that have anything to do with this. That's why I feel like I'm the perfect filter for you and somebody who might be listening who doesn't follow current <laughs> events because I pay attention 
to a degree, but I get everything through scrolling social media, listening to the podcasts I listen to, and occasionally I have like news apps that pop up and I'll click and read. Typically, I just see the headlines. Um, but I, well, you know what? I guess this is probably my perfect question for you. And if we get back to the Hitler stuff, uh, we, we can have more fun. Oh, you know, always fun. actually, I will say this. I, I'll ask you this and then I'll, I'll, I'll ask more about the, uh, the, the other side of it. I, I am curious if, if you think there's a part of me. See, I always try to like understand where somebody's coming from. And my first thing is to realize somebody's ignorance and then try and figure out what they're working with, like what is their influence, what maybe their parents were like, who that you know, I've met some really good kids who who have like an uncle who was like a, a prison Nazi sort of thing. And then they sort of like embody that because they think this is their badass, cool uncle that like patted them on the shoulder and tried to teach them to be tough and all this. And they just want to embody that. And I, I really do try to empathize, which is something we've touched on at the, at, I think towards the end of one of our episodes is, is to try to understand where people are coming from, try to find the common ground and learn from it. Just like I said, if I was talking to a serial rape, <laughs> the, the, the rapist thing, you know, I would still have the conversation. I would want to figure out where they're coming from um, to a degree. And when I hear this sort of thing, it reminds me of the gothic me that paraded serial killers around in a way like I was the kid who thought it was cool to have the John Wayne Gacy painting mm -hmm. and you know I can remember the um the swastika forehead stuff with Charles Manson and mm -hmm. as like a young kid mm -hmm. I, I don't know if I ever literally put that on my forehead but I remember thinking stuff like that was cool and when you think of how immature and how ignorant and how underdeveloped some people are. Right. It, it, do you have any room for empathy for people of that sort of way? Or is it just, no, like, like, is there any saving grace? Yeah. It's, you know what, it's a good question and it's hard because when it's personal, it becomes personal, you know, and it's, that was stupid. When it's personal, it becomes personal. What the fuck is that? <laughs> it is what um, it is. I'm trying, I'm trying to be so smart. Um, you know, I think that when I see somebody talking about Hitler, or like or um, su like supporting the ideas of of, of Nazis and 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 just any anybody that supports the idea of white supremacy, you know, my immediate reaction is 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 one of like anger and violence, you know. And but but I definitely been in situations, particularly when it's been with younger people, that I do take that into consideration because I know they probably don't know any better. Um, and I've definitely, when I was on the road, have talked to people that not even knowing that I'm Jewish, how the fuck could you not know I'm Jewish? My fucking last name, I look like, I'm the poster boy for what a Jewish person's supposed to look like. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, but they didn't know, and they would make these comments that were just like, not only offensive, but just so, just not, um, it, it was clear they didn't understand what they were saying. So I would have conversations. What do you mean by that? And, and I try to keep it like really chill and try to almost in a way kind of pull them in a little bit, you know? And so it's just so they understand what, what it is they're saying. I don't know if I had any effect on those kids or not. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't, I don't know. But when I see someone like my own age or someone older and they're spouting that shit, I have to walk away, man. You know, like I'm not, a, I, I, I've never been in a fight in my life. I've been punched one time in my life. I was in a bar fight. It's an interesting story. I'll tell you about it one day or maybe later. It's pretty funny. Um, yeah. But 
but there's definitely been situations where I've, I've seen those people and for a few seconds I'm, I'm looking around, I'm like, I could take that bottle over the head right now. You know, like it wouldn't, it would not bother me in the least. Or when I see these Nazis getting punched, there's like videos of people punching Nazis. I'm like, cool. You know, and that's the worst really fucking thing to do. I don't know if you ever saw that guy. He, um, there's this, this dude, I forgot his name. He was on Rogan one time where he like would, he's a black guy and he went and befriended guys in the clan. And the, he's the, like the musician player, right? He was a musician, brilliant musician, great blues player, blues pianist. Um, and like his story was blew me away. I'm like, you have to have some serious fucking patience to do some shit like that. And I don't, I don't have it. Usually, you know, it's, it's always, I got to get out of here because this is not going to end well if I stay and I leave. Yeah. That, I'll tell you what, just for the record, I wish I remember that guy's name. Uh, it wouldn't be that hard to and find it out. That was a beautiful episode. Wow. That, that guy was just such a beautiful soul. And to hear his story, mm-hmm. it, it definitely changed me a little bit. You know what I think about as somebody that thinks about ego a lot, something I've recognized in people as they change. And I have a good friend who uh, works at a tattoo shop and he happened to get into a tattoo shop where they were pretty much like bikery, not skinhead to the extreme, but they definitely were a little radical and Mm -hmm. at the very least enjoyed a a good uh, black joke. You know what I mean? But they probably (laughs) were a bit more extreme about it than I was ever told to. And this guy has had political views that have shifted over the years in different directions. And I've watched people like him who, as they get more sensible and as they realize their own way, I've seen how heavy and how emotional and how um, difficult it is to peel back from the ways you were and see yourself for who you've been. And the further you go, the older you get and the harder you are in your ways to come to terms with the fact that the person you have been is so fucking bad is such a monster it's like something that everybody who's not in your group thinks is the lowest of the low like who doesn't think like hitting a a nazi in the face is like a bad idea you know what i mean like almost everybody can get behind like shaking the shit out of one of them people and to realize that is you and to to have to know that the person you have been all this time is so wrong is difficult it's like finding somebody that's in a fake martial art and them having to admit all of the work all of the knowledge the framework of who they are is wrong they're only going to be able to peel back so much and peel back so much at one time they have to come to terms with it in waves and it and it takes a lot of time it takes a lot of therapy and i i see that a lot of them you can have the conversation. You wondered if you got through to somebody. Well, you know what? You probably made a connection and you probably did get through to that person. But what happens tomorrow when they're in the atmosphere with their other friends who are spewing other bullshit and they're sharing drinks with the person who's who's making the comments and saying the bullshit, now they're getting pulled in the other direction. And if 99% of their existence is that and you're the 1%, you might have gotten through to them to a degree, but they immediately pulled back and drew back for that. Somewhere on that ride home, they had an argument within their head and they no longer wanted to hate the person that they were and they became that monster again. 
I think that happens with a lot of people. I think it happens with people who carry demons and perversions and all sorts of weird things. Some things that a lot of people have it in them, you know, that they carry these sorts of things that they hide. Not that everybody hides the fact that they're a, you know, neo-Nazi if they are. Sometimes they wear like a freaking badge, like, you know, they they are a vegan or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it definitely depends. But that's something people don't talk about enough is that to really change the identity of somebody and to make them come to terms with that sort of thing, it's very difficult for them. You have to remember this is their life and what they've stood up for for so long. Just like it's so hard to take somebody who's a Democrat and or somebody who like believed in Obama, for instance, like I was on the Obama train in the beginning. I was young. I loved the way he talked. I mean, the guy he was going against originally just didn't seem that cool. What do I, what do I know? I just know that I like this guy who seems different and he sort seems more like my kind of guy. But 90 something percent innocent drone strike deaths later and all of the lies later and Guantanamo Bay still open later and warmongering later, I had to swallow the difficult pill of admitting that I was ignorant. I didn't know better. I understood why it happened. I was fortunately young. Remember we said, I said it was difficult the older you are you even touched on that note it was easier for me to take a step back because shit just five years before that I mean I was a kid kid you know so it was only so many years of being but I mean I was about it and I could only imagine that I'm only so ashamed by that I would be really ashamed if I told you that I was a neo-nazi or something you know (laughs) that would make this whole this this whole relationship very uncomfortable (laughs) <laughs> Talk about a dynamic, huh? Imagine if that was me and you. Yeah, did you guys, because there was a tongue-in-cheek, uh, I don't know how deep you want to get into this. It's not embarrassing because there's actually a story behind it, and you don't have to worry about telling the story, and it's actually a song that existed, I believe, before you were in the band. But there was always that line, like the albino rhino, when when the band members get picked up by this people in a van, I guess in York or wherever it is, I can't remember fully, and they talk about like like this skin head sort of group and that like that's the theme of the song now was there ever a part of you that felt like you were was there mixed anything being a part of something like that even as a jewish person how did you feel well because i knew the story it was basically you know i wasn't in the band at the time it was it was before my time um but yeah they were playing a gig and uh, the van broke down and these dudes, these like Nazi, not Nazi, I, was, I don't know, we can talk about Nazis so much. They weren't Nazis. Yeah. They were just these skinhead dudes that had this white beat up van that they called the albino rhino. Has nothing to do with like white supremacy or racism or anything like that. They were just like these cool skinhead dudes that gave them a ride home. That's all it was. But yeah, people do that. People would look at that and, and immediately think that. I mean, we, we definitely had that question, um, you know, in interviews sometimes or people would just ask, you know, what the fuck is that all about? Um, but it was completely like there was nothing to it. It's just like, yeah, these really cool skinhead dudes gave him a ride home in a van that they called the Albino Rhino. That's all it was. And here's something that's non-prejudice in a way. I mean, it's, I mean I'm, I'm sure there are people out there who could like analyze it and claim that, that there's a dis... But you get what I mean. But even somebody like the front man that had the themes that, that you guys had that would cover all sorts of topics, I took note that there were a lot of times live 
He didn't want to say, enjoy a skinhead bliss. He would not say that line a lot of times. You know, there, there must have been some sort of mixed feelings about projecting this image that didn't represent you guys, despite the fact that the themes and lyrics were all over the place. And that's not necessarily your right. question to field, but it seems like you could even see just something so tiny like that. And it goes back to the idea of this moron from Kentucky representing liber libertarians and that, that you might get associated just from this buzzword right. or just from this one questionable thing. Now you get to, you're seen as, as you know, whatever blank thing that, that extreme, that extreme, extreme I, I don't know if you want to call it social justice. justice. What do you call what do you it? Call is, it? That it? is that what it? No, because I think social justice is, um, I, the, I, I think the idea of social justice has been tarnished. I'd li I like the idea of social justice. In fact, I would argue that liber libertarianism um, is uh, the party of social justice. Because to me, social justice can really only happen in a, soci in a free society, um, where libertarianism really uh, advocates for you know, an honest free market, personal sovereignty, um, and just the basic fundamentals of, 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 of liberty. You know, and those, all those things really, all those things benefit the idea of social justice. When you have someone saying, like, say someone um, is offended by something and you say, well, I'm a social justice warrior. And I think what you said was wrong and you should be out of here and you should no longer talk. Where's the justice in that? There's no justice in that. Um, so, yeah, it's weird. Like, I, I definitely have friends that always want to talk shit about social justice warriors. And I'm like, oh, I wish that I wish it wasn't hijacked by people that really have zero interest in social justice and really have more interest in pushing their own agenda. Um, I don't know. We t I, you had a question and I fucking went off on a tangent no, about good. social justice. That actually reminds me of, of this whole predicament again, the idea that we're going to let a few extreme left morons who are stupid social justice warriors ruin <laughs> the notion of social justice, which is obviously an amazing notion, which is obviously an amazing thing. And what, what something we talked about before the show was the idea of the social identity of libertarians being so vast and dynamic in comparison to other political parties. And I think it comes down to the fact that you said that they are more socially free in a way, or it's the idea of having this freedom um, obviously with certain sort of regulations so stuff doesn't get out of hand or too out of whack, but that is probably why it's so hard to put your finger on. Like I know throughout this episode, uh, libertarians has kind of seen more conservative in ways that, than left, but, um, I don't even know like what I could say as an outsider looking in it's very hard for me to figure out what I see as being left or right socially about libertarianism. And it almost makes me think that it's like trying to find the equality through the means of like pulling back from, from things that, that, that force the identity in a more free kind of peaceful space would be the, the ultimate goal um, so that anybody can have any sort of view and it's not like forced in your face. I'm not, I'm not articulating that well, but I guess the question I would have, unless you have a point to make off of that would be, how do you see 
spanning from a tree hugging libertarian to um, very conservative, but maybe the type of conservative that wants to make the government scale down a little bit, maybe like focus a bit more on our country as far as certain things. Like that reminds me of like the Ron Paul sort of conservative maybe, which is mm-hmm. kind of libertarian, I assume. Um, yeah, what, do you, what do you think of, what do you think of, of social politics and what are like the hard things that libertarians are identified by socially or or what is maybe the overlap between left and right side of things socially and libertarian if you had like a venn diagram what would be the overlap i mean i see that's that's tough to say because i the left i would have said 10 15 years ago it would have been closer but i feel like the left has gone got, gone down the conservative road of wanting to censor everything or feeling like that they have the ultimate say of, of how things should go. So we talk about like the social side of, of libertarianism or, or whatever libertarianism is, depending upon who you talk, talk to. Um, we can look at like social, certain social issues that probably should not have anything to do with legislation or laws the the politicians make them law. So to give you an example of what I'm talking about, let's think about um, porn, okay? In some states, you know, I don't know if it's still like that, but in some states there used to be laws against what you could show in porn or where you could, this is before the internet, you know, where you could sell it and, you know, what was considered appropriate and what wasn't. It was just like a, a body of people that would decide, you know, what it is that you're allowed to watch. You know, what that has nothing to do with what politicians should be doing. Lawmakers have no business telling you what you should watch or, or how much of whatever it is you want to watch or how fucking perverted the stuff is that you want to watch or not perverted. You know, I don't, and here's the interesting thing is like, I've always been a champion of um, sex worker rights and the rights of sex workers to, to do whatever they want. Obviously it's not as long as they're not hurting anybody. So in the, in the world of porn, um, you know, I've always been, um, I always hate when people like equate porn stars to like people that are beneath them. You know, like when, when Trump got hooked, got caught with uh, Stormy Daniels and it was like, oh, a porn star is going to bring him down and like belittling her for what she did. I'm like, who the fuck are you? How, how many people probably watched her porn? You know, it's so ridiculous that, that, that they should be treated as almost subhuman. You know how many fucking people watch porn? Everybody fucking watches porn practically, you know? But if, if someone wants to do porn, then they're, well, they're not good people, you know, or they're, they're the butt of a joke. Why are they the butt of a joke? You know, what did, cause they're earning a living. She had to make money to pay for her daughter. Fuck are these people? And that's, and that's when you get these guys, these lawmakers that are going to say, well, we're going to have a law against this because we think it's immoral or, you know, our religious beliefs and ideals dictate that this is immoral, you know, forget the idea of, you know, the separation of church and state. They don't, they don't care about that when it comes to that kind of stuff, you know, and, and not to, I guess I, I have, I have friends that work in this industry. I have friends that are porn stars. I have friends that are strippers. I have friends that are prostitutes, you know, and they're all awesome people and I love them all. And, um, God, the idea, cool friends. I have fucking awesome friends, <laughs> awesome friends. And you know, it's fun. I love, I have one friend who, um, who's a porn star and I, you know, I love talking about porn with her just because 
we both make fun of like all the absurdities of it. You know, like if you think about it, how absurd is most porn these days? Like if you go online, like all the shit that's on there. I actually saw this one thing. There's, I don't know if you're saying, there's a thing called smoking. Like that's, that's, a, that's a kink. Like dudes that want to like have sex with women while the women are smoking. Now, here, now here's what I don't get. That's a lot of pressure, okay? Like, how can I explain this? It's kind of like, it would be like that. That's like, that, that takes away from what's happening. Do you, know, do you know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, I'm having a hard time explaining this. Give me a second. I got I to gotta put this in, in words here. Okay, so there's a porn category, category called smoking. And it's basically dudes having sex with women while they're smoking. You with me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I think okay. at least like seven to eight years ago, I came across something like this. So oh, I've okay. known about I it. I thought it was relatively new. Okay. Well, it's, it's so, probably a bigger thing. I mean, I think the biggest thing right now is everybody's somebody's step sibling and sibling, but smoking's know, probably a far number two. <laughs> right, right. I know. Well, but the smoking thing is kind of like that affects me and my performance. You know what I mean? Like if I was, if I was with a woman that wanted, to do that. I mean, I get yeah. that. I'm not all that impressive in the set. Oh, oh, I get you know what, what you're saying. Yeah, because it's almost woman, like a distraction in a way or yeah. like, yeah. If a woman lights up, okay, if a woman lights up a cigarette while I'm trying to get her off, I'm just packing it up and going home. You know what I mean? Uh, oh my God, yeah, yeah. Oh, keep going, but I, I want to relate this to something. Okay, because yeah. I'd almost prefer that she like look at her watch. You know, look at, yeah, it's a mood killer. Look at your watch, uh -huh. but it's one move. Okay. You look at your watch, you get back to it. A cigarette, it's like, you got to have one nearby. You got to get out of the pack, find a lighter, light that thing while I'm flailing around like a malnourished seal. That fucking kills the mood, man. You know what I yeah. mean? Oh, a hundred percent. It's kind of like, it's one thing to be a little bored for a second or a little distracted for a second, but it's like a constant reminder of like, are you done yet? Or is this over? <laughs> like, especially because people associate cigarettes as something you do afterwards. <laughs> so this is a part of the show that if my mom is listening, <laughs> um, I have never really been around too many like hardcore party types. I never did any sort of drugs when I've young when I was younger. I've never partied with things like cocaine and pills and things I think are dirty or like very whatever. So, but one time I hung around a girl and she was responsible. She had a great job. She liked to do and it was occasional. She had it very under control. She liked to do cocaine sometimes, right? And it, it would just be something, maybe no more than, than once every couple of weeks. And she probably went months without doing it. But I would remember that if we were having sex and it was a night that she wanted to do coke, it would be so offensive to me. And it like totally killed my ego if 10 to 15 minutes into like something, or if she needed to take a break to run and do a line or yeah. if that wouldn't happen. And I could see her, I could sense her distraction as the high was wearing off because it's such a short lived thing. And I was so in tune with her headspace and she went from this lively, whatever to like being a little flat depending on the timing, because you need that consistent yeah. thing. I even notice it in conversation. I've been to bars where obviously a lot of people are doing cocaine and it's like they, it's like all of a sudden that distraction. And it remind that's what it reminded me of when you said the, uh, the cigarette in the middle of sex. Yeah. I totally get that. Speaking of porn though, by the way, we were talking earlier about stand up comedy 
and and potential bits that 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 you know you were talking about being interested in it. Mm-hmm. I, I used to do stand up pretty regularly, and I'll tell you, man, if I got back into stand up comedy, I think the first thing I would write is about ten minutes on the state of porn. And number one, how weird it is we don't talk about it. And number mm-hmm. two, how fucking crazy of a world we are going to be living in after spending such a long period of time where everybody is jerking off thinking about their f- fucking family members and stuff. <laughs> like it's a very weird time to to yeah. like I'm not I'm not into that. Like I'll put up with it if the chick's hot or whatever, but I'm skipping through the drama or I'm like la, 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 la. like I don't want to <laughs> hear it. I don't you know step siblings one thing cousins weird but like come on this so why does everybody have to be a mom a a sibling it makes you wonder what comes first the chicken or the egg and see i'm the type of person that when i get stoned this takes me down the deep end i start having grand conclusions like this is pretty this is pretty uh dark in a way but it makes me think a lot more people than we could ever realize were molested were victims of, of of sexual abuse that that more people than we realize are perverted in ways we never realized and it's such a big thing and it's so not understood and discovered and it's part of the reason why when people get in high positions of power you find high amounts of people acting out in this nature and now everybody's jerking off thinking about this kind of stuff like do how can we not have a problem when that is like talk about red flag Talk about red flag. If you were just to analyze the social norms of our culture and you were to see all of this weird stuff go on with like, you know, higher ups in different communities, um, and then you were to see the types of things that we were sexually into and it's like well it's just porn who cares it's just porn you know and it's not no dude you were like hypnotizing yourself to be into the idea of having sex with your fucking mom (laughs) that (laughs) is bizarre it's definitely going to affect younger boys and i think that's a really big issue but i would say that you know this is this is a a reflection of supply and demand those videos would not exist if people did not want to see them Right. So clearly there are a lot of people that want to see them for whatever reason. I don't know. And I would also argue that these are all probably things that people have always thought about. When I say people, not everybody, but certain people have always thought about, you know, it's just now because you can get anything you want online, you know, it's there. Um, how many people are into that shit? I don't know. Um, yeah. But I think back all to our- Oedipus. <laughs> well, listen, I mean, there's, there is, there is truth about that. You know, there's, there's truth to that, you know, yeah. and I don't really know. I'm never going to knock someone's kinks. Okay. Because it's not my business. It's not my job to do that. Um, I don't fucking understand some shit. Like I don't, like I said, I don't understand the smoking thing. You know, I don't understand. You know what I understand? I don't understand. So on some porn sites, like there's always like a, a, an advertisement right? And there's a woman that'll come on and it's always the same voice. They go, hi guys. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. You ever see? And who t- First of all, n- no woman I've ever been with has been like, hi guys. It, like ever. Like that doesn't, I've never heard anyone talk like that. So I don't understand why that's a turn on. And second of all, it's plural. It's like, hi guys. So that means there's other dudes in the room. <laughs> I can barely, you know what I mean? Like I, I can barely last three minutes with a beautiful woman 
not not meant to mention the t- time it takes me to get going and now i got to think about like tom dick and harry back there just watching me i'm like god you know what i mean it's oh like my god you know, come on. i just thought like, of the some idea dudes must love that shit you know some dudes must yeah. love like my girl like hey guys imagine this all right so you're at like a, a porn theater you know they're, they're playing a movie and uh-huh. the narrating voice keeps referring to the audience as a whole so like you're in there jerking off and they're they're addressing the audience as if it's the entire audience so you're just constantly right. aware that there's a lot of you peewee hermoning it up um in the <laughs> audience that's what that immediately made me go it made me think of like phone sex operators too remember that when you would just uh-huh. i remember being a kid like calling the the, the numbers or whatever like the 1-800 big tits or whatever. I would just make up things. You know, you would just know that these letters probably add, you know, you would type in things and and see what would happen and you wouldn't have to pay to just hear them. And it was that voice you just did reminded me exactly of that. But yeah, it's the ads. You know what it is that what that is. Um, It's just bad acting. It's like when you came in and you did, this is my, this is my radio voice. This is my <laughs> podcast voice. It's honestly, everybody's a bad actor. This is the politician voice. Like why can't a politician just talk like me and you were talking right now? Why right. can't they just be honest? Why does it have to be a cadence? Why does it have to be an act? Why does a salesman have to talk to me like a salesman? Why can't we just use our normal person? I'm speaking from the inside voice. Why, do we, mm-hmm. why does it have to be some filter? You that's, know? A, you know, that's a good question. And I wonder if it has something to do with how people respond to things. So we have short attention spans. Um, if, you know, obviously, like uh, clickbait is a big thing now, not because someone decided this is how we're going to do things. It's because that's how people responded. Again, that's the free market in action. People get pissed off about clickbait. Clickbait wouldn't exist if people didn't respond to it. So it exists. Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of like, uh, fuck what were we talking about something about the the cadences and the voices and oh the yeah yeah like the the filter yeah right so i think about like some politicians so if you think of like bernie okay i like bernie i i'm, I'm not a fan of some of his policies particularly on on taxation um but like i think we talked about this before is and i always felt like his intentions were honorable and when he talked i never felt like he was talking to me as a politician i felt like he was just talking to me as like this crazy uncle that i had you know um, or like, but then I think of like Justin Amash, who I think is probably one of the most underrated lawmakers we ever had. And when he ran for president for like three days, when he was talking, he was like talking like us, you know? And when I saw him talking, I realized this isn't going to work because he's not a showman. In order to get elected, you have to be somewhat of a showman. I mean, maybe except for Biden, he's not much of a showman. <laughs> I don't know if he knows oh where he is. Oh my God, yeah. But um, for the most part, I think it, you have to be a, a showman. And, uh, and that's unfortunate because I think maybe there could be some really good contenders out there. I think Justin Amash would actually be a really great, I think he could make a great president. Um, but he doesn't, he doesn't have that, uh, that showmanship, you know, like he doesn't know how to work the crowd, which, um, and I think Rogan's talked about this too, and not to keep bringing back Rogan, but he makes a lot of good points. He's like, we elect, when we elect somebody for president, we're electing like whoever we think the cool kid is, you know, whoever, whoever, it's a popularity contest. Who's, who's the coolest kid? I don't know yeah. if Biden 
Trump are particularly cool, but you know, the, 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 I, but it makes a lot of sense. If you put all yeah. those people up on, the, up on the stage, well, you think about all the people that ran on the Democrat ticket, okay? And you had all these people up on stage. There were a few people up on that stage that to me made any sense. Tulsi Gabbard made sense to me, okay? But when I saw Biden speak, when I sp- saw, saw Kamala Harris speak, when I saw, um, who else was running? Mm-hmm. Um, not yet. Oh, did you say, yeah, well, that's who I was going to say, but I don't think he made his spot. Honestly, I don't but, but know. I, but like, the, there were quite a few of them. They're just kind of like, it's just so typical. Like, I get it. You're a politician. You're going to, they do this thing. It's like, we're here for the American people. You know, we have to get back. We have to get back on track. And, you know, we got to care about the middle class and everything. And it's like, how many fucking times are we going to listen to this and believe it? Yeah. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me 72 times. <laughs> you know, shame on all of us. Right. Do you know why I, I, I made this, this correlation uh, last episode about how, at least I think it was last episode, but it couldn't have been that many episodes ago. Now, um, the, the yeah. idea of how the somewhat socially, bur- and, the, and the Bernie Sanders thing is going to be the more specific correlation, is I kind of find that it's the antithesis. So there is an exact opposite way in which they're going about it. But the reason somebody like you and a lot of libertarians probably can uh, relate to where Bernie's coming from or feel where he's coming from more is because he is taking a step back from the current way things are with somewhat similar intentions that I believe a lot of libertarians probably are speaking in a more real sense, not playing politics the same way everybody else does. It's a more honest juxtaposition and there's a lot more in common. And then when you get further, it's why I say that there seems to be an odd common ground between the people I know who are anarchy people and Marxism people. You know, I kind of think that that, that the libertarian and the, the, the Bernie Sanders people are buffers along the way and like somewhat in between that sort of thing. But there is some sort of common ground with B- Bernie Sanders and his sort of delivery. It, it does remind you of a, of a, of a left Ron Paul in a way, the way he's shaking it up, the way he's being honest, he's saying things that they almost want to mute. Um, You know, and not that there's really not much more to take, but that was just something I I thought of that I I think about a lot. I think about those parallel opposites, that yin and yang with the political parties, which, which, especially the ones that are like juxtaposition to the way things are, the current uh, standpoint. So all these third party sort of things. what did you think, and, and obviously this is a little dated, what did you think of Gary Johnson as a representative and as a voice uh, for the Libertarian Party? Because he was one I was fairly familiar with. Um, and I, I liked what he did in New Mexico. With It sounded like he had a great stuff with like the unemployment, and he seemed to do a lot of cool things. But I don't know, what, what, as somebody that's more involved, what did you think of, of him? So I think Gary Johnson had a certain... Um a personality to him more so than some of the other people that have run on the libertarian ticket. And I think that helped him quite a bit. Um, I think Gary Johnson, actually, I think the, the last time he ran, I think he got like a, like one of the highest, I could be wrong, but I think he got like one of the highest percentages in terms of libertarian candidates ever. Um, could have been a result. A lot of people hated Obama at the time. Um, but it could also just be the result of, I think I talked to him 
a couple of times and I've seen him speak and he's not, he's not bad. You know, he's, I think he, he comes across as a normal guy. He's not intimidating, but he's also not cowardice. Um, I think the problem with him though, is I, I don't think he had the ability to structure his arguments during debates that made him seem confident. I don't think he's incompetent. He just came across as a little incompetent when he had a, go against um, debating some of these other, the, the other candidates. And, you know, I think this is something we should talk about more too is how, I mean, I don't know how you feel about this, but I'm just so disappointed in like how the libertarian party is run. You know, it's like, it's almost a libertarian party. It's almost like the libertarian party has said, look, we know we're not going to win. So we're just going to, we're just going to die. We're going to phone it in or maybe we'll do something. We'll try to shake it up a little bit. I mean, I don't know if you ever like watching the libertarian events or the, the uh, when they have the people that are running. Um, I don't remember half their names, but you get some guys on there that are just like, I'm going to get in office and I'm going to burn the White House down and blah, blah, blah. And they say stupid shit like that. You got that vermin supreme guy who's fucking hilarious, but it's like, who's going to take you seriously? If you like libertarians, are like I love vermin supreme. He's great. I'm like, yeah, he's great. He's doing no justice at all to libertarian party if you want to be taken seriously and i think about joe jurgensen who was like very much qualified um but again it's like when i see her speak when i saw her speak it's like she's not she's not motivating me you know and then the libertarian party i don't know if it's because of lack of funding um but man it's like you guys are fucking dragging your feet yeah you know even when there was a libertarian that was running in New York, New York, I forgot his name now. He was on Rogan too, but, um, and I interviewed him um, when he was running for governor. And, uh, you know, I mean, he had the qualifications, but he didn't have the answers. When I would talk to him, he didn't have solid answers. Libertarian Party's got to put some fucking real qualified people on there that know how to debate, that know how to answer questions and know how to play the game to get in there. Otherwise, Libertarian Party is always going to be that, ah, they might steal some votes away from the Republicans or the Democrats. I'm like, how the fuck is that enough? That's not enough. Just fucking end it then. If that's your, if that's your only purpose is to disrupt things, what's the fucking point? Yeah, no, it's right. It, um, the people that it reminds me of, say like a, a John F. Kennedy sort of swagger or mm -hmm. just somebody like, like even how how a an Obama who was um, in some ways underqualified politically, but had this other sort of new thing and, and strong belief and strong message. And then even somebody like Donald Trump, who had this strong sense of belief and, and strong projection, like and, and just strong like conviction. They need somebody that's a little bit more um, fiery, combative in, in, a, in a healthy way and somebody that really is passionate and just gives this level of belief, like we're going to change this shit now. And even if it's a bit hyperbolic, you know, whatever you would want to call it, if it's sensationalized or whatever, as long as it's the message or the, the thing that you believe in, that's what the party needs to take it to the next level. Ron Paul had a tiny sliver of that in him too, for sure. You know, he, he was, willing to just lay it out there and be strong about it. But even him, it's like people knew he didn't have a chance. And if the only, if your best sell is, oh, well, maybe 
election after election will build more steam and then 16 or 20 or 24 years from now, maybe the party will be built up big enough? No. Um, I think too that maybe for these third party sort of people, it's to build steam during the off season. Like, don't wait until, like, make it known that you want to be president three and a half years out and build your campaign and start getting momentum yeah. going years ahead and do the interviews now and, and build some celebrity status as far as people will want you in the debates. People will want to involve you. That was one of the biggest things with Gary Johnson. His last thing was he struggled being invited to the debates. He wasn't put on the, you know, and he, uh, I forget if at this point, I guess it was eight years ago. Uh, maybe he ran when Trump was president, but honestly, it's been so long. It might've been eight years ago. I don't know if that math adds up, but that was a big thing with him um, was getting on, like, like was getting on the platform to talk, man, there was another guy. I don't think this guy was libertarian. Maybe he was green party. Who would, do you remember when there was a guy running and he had trouble getting on debates, but he was the UFO guy. This goes back a ways. There was a guy, it doesn't matter. Uh, we could mm -hmm. answer that the next episode then if, it, if it's even important. There was a candidate who was kind of wild and out there, but he had all this like UFO sighting stuff in his history and he was kind of like a kook in a way um, mm -hmm. and it, and it kind of made him damning. I forget his name or even, I don't even know if he was libertarian. To answer your question, I haven't followed much with it since then. I followed it and watched a lot and I definitely would have said when, when Gary Johnson was popular and, and trying to make his big thing back in the Ron Paul days, all of that, like right after the Obama, like got in all the, the eight years of Obama, I would have identified as libertarian. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not that I don't, it's just, I don't identify as much. I don't really know what I identify anymore. I, I identify as fairly um, just not apathetic, but just, I don't know what hope there is where we need somebody who can get, can bring that hope out of the people who are third party types, because yeah. it's not enough, like you said, to just sit here and say, well, you know, we can get a few votes. We can maybe get a couple percent or whatever. That's not good enough. You can't be satisfied with that. That's not, that's not the fighting spirit. You need to get out there and make big points. You know what really pissed me off about Bernie Sanders was that he was never willing to call out his own party for screwing him. If I was that man, I would have blew up Hillary Clinton and the Democratic spot. I would have said, screw you people. I would have ranted, if you're a man of conviction and sincerity and you got screwed not only once, but twice the way that man did, it makes you wonder if behind closed doors he is playing politics, if he is a part of the, 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 the whole thing more than we realize. Because why wouldn't he be more almost like Trump-esque about the way he reacts to this stuff? I, I think he probably is playing the long game. He probably realized if I make a big stink about this, I'm never going to get anywhere on the next round. So that's probably why he didn't go. And he had enough people going to bat for him, too, that it's almost like he didn't need to, I think. Uh. Um, you know, the one thing about libertarian part, the Libertarian Party, too, is that sometimes you see people that are running for office, whether it be for the president or local office, whatever it is. And I've definitely gone to my fair share of local debates when they have a libertarian on the ticket. And almost always they're so – 
out of their fucking minds, you know, and they're, they're so like, they're not, you can't come at it. It's like, we're talking about young Nazis. You know, if I see a young Nazi, if I come at that person aggressive and start hassling them, never going to get through to them. But if I take that person and say, let's talk for a minute, I might be able to get through to that person. I think that the libertarian party needs to support, uh, candidates that will do that so when you have people running for the libertarian party or for for president as libertarians and i've seen the the um the debates that they've had when it's like five or six libertarian candidates um dude they come at it so strong i'm gonna i'm gonna take down the fed i'm gonna um do this and it's like very very you know like i understand the argument i get it but you're not gonna get into that house if you show up with a flamethrower you know, if you want to get into that house, you need to show up with ideas that people can wrap their heads around. You know, I think about that when it was like, okay, if I was, if I was running for office as a libertarian and people would say, well, what are you about? I can't do this in a, in just like a soundbite, you know, and I know some things would appeal to some people and some things wouldn't, but you have to be honest. Like I could say to to the left, like obviously, you know, I'm an environmentalist. Like, I think that it's absurd that we treat our water, soil, and air as if it's trivial. So that is a that's a real concern for me. Uh, you know, also uh, the, a woman's right to choose is a very much a, a real issue for me. I think that you know a woman absolutely does have the right to choose. That's personal sovereignty. But at the same time, I'm not going to be like I'm a supporter of the Second Amendment and. I'm not going to play both fucking sides. That's the problem. Everyone wants to play the one side or the other. And libertarians, in some sense, I feel like some of, some of them have done that, particularly on the local level. When I, A lot of times I think they're just conservative Republicans that are trying to use the libertarian philosophy to get in, but they're really not libertarians. They're just conservatives that like the idea of libertarianism when it applies to what their agenda is. Now, I get it. I get that if you can't, if you if you if you you're pissing off the Republicans and you're pissing off the Democrats, what chance do you have? But what chance do you have anyway? I mean, what has the Libertarian Party done in terms of affecting things? I mean, yes, I would argue that Ron Paul and Gary North have definitely affected things to the point where it's probably leaked into Congress a little bit. So people are maybe taking some of these ideas more seriously, but. Man, Libertarian Party's got to get more aggressive in terms of how they play the game, not in terms of, you know, we're fucking anarchists and we're going to burn everything down and we don't need everything. You know, it's just like that doesn't work. It's never worked. So change your strategy. You're a fighter, right? So like if you're in a situation and you're grappling and you're in a situation where maybe you can't move your hip the way you need to move it, then you have to pivot. You have to change up your strategy, you know? Yes. Isn't that the same thing, really? It's like, yeah. unless, you lose, unless you're okay with losing. I'm fucking not okay with losing. I hate losing. <laughs> I know here's, that's not very vocal of me, but I don't like the idea of people say, oh, everyone's a winner. Bullshit. There's a winner and a fucking loser. I don't want to be a loser. Yeah, I, I think here's the sweet spot of it all that people struggle with is if you're compromising your views to win, and the more it's doing it tastefully and ethically, it's, it's trying to figure out how to compromise your approach and what you think so that you're not bringing the flamethrower, um, but you're also not playing politics uh, uh, to the point where you are the problems.
Mm, yeah. Right. Like yeah. you want to be the good guy. You want to be the person of ethical con- of of like good ethical standard of good honesty of Mr. Smith goes to Washington sort of thing. Right. You want to be that person. But at the same time, you want to play politics, which is why you can make it in at the local level because you can still be yourself and you can be honest to a degree and maybe make it up at pretty high state level government. But to my knowledge, I don't know that anyone has ever made it all the way to president without turning their lives over to the devil without shaking hands with the devil, the people you need to shake hands with, the people you need to impress and all of that. I mean, it's, it's a lot of compromise. And that to me is the biggest problem with the state of our, whether it's lobbyism or whatever it is, whatever makes it evil, there is an indefinite that something about high level politics, um, big government politics seems tainted and shaken hands with the devil to me. But I think there's a difference between compromise and shaking hands with the devil. I don't think compromise is a bad thing. I mean, you're not going to get anything done if you, can't, if you don't know how to compromise. And I don't think compromise, compromise always um, leads to, uh, to, to something, something bad. You know, there's a difference. Shaking hands with the devil is kind of like, listen, you know, someone tells you, I'm going to get you into office. I'm going to give you this money. But when you get in there, you got to hook me up. That's shaking hands with the devil. Compromise is like if you get into office and let's say that, um, I don't know, let, let's say that you are, it's an immigration issue, okay? And you say, listen, you know, I, I think what's going on at the border is fucking horrible. Um, we can't treat humans like this. It's not okay. And then someone says, well, we need a strong border, you know, and this is the only way to do it. And my the way I see it, it's like, well, the compromise is you and I need to go sit down and have a beer and let's, let, let's figure this out. And let's not just walk yeah. away and be like, well, you're on this side, you're on this side. If you can come together, there's got to be a way you can figure it out. There's, al- there's always a fucking way if you're willing to do the work. Maybe that's the, that's the key here. Maybe all oh, these yeah. guys, politicians, they're just fucking lazy. They're lazy. They don't want to put in the work. And that's unfortunate. Yeah, no, you're right. That- they want to put in the work is when they want to fucking write up a bill that's 3,000 pages and send it over five minutes before they got to vote on it. They'll work their asses off to get that bill in front of you before, five minutes before they got to vote on it. But yeah, anything of value, I don't know, man. And I'm not on the inside. Maybe there are things going on like that, but I've seen very little evidence of it. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you de- it, it seems that there's definitely a way to go about it. There's a healthy level of compromise and there's a way to do it while still standing up for... Um, there's there's a way to do it, obviously, of, of ethical code. I just think that somebody needs to have the vision and the balls to do it right. And the yeah. conviction and the – it just seems like it's been so dirty to me in my lifetime, big politics. To me, when I look at somebody like the, the, the platform that Obama ran on and then what happened, it makes me wonder, like, how does a guy like does this guy know what's about to happen while he's in office? Does he already know? And he's like, is it a manipulative thing ahead of time or do you just have no choice but to be involved in, in the, the warmongering and all of that? Yeah. I mean, it's complicated. I guess we really just don't know. We don't know. We're not privy to any of that information. So there's no fucking way to know. There's right. no way. 
um, you'll never get an honest answer ever. I so, think the biggest fear is that, that, that the libertarian type parties, these, these fringe politics, they're the end of that. They're the end of corrupted, corrupted, long ties in evil sort of government. I, I think that the person, I mean, you could get a libertarian. Right, yeah, you're right. Easily be coerced. I kind of feel like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, what, what happens if I get into a, if I were to get into a situation like that and someone says, listen, you just fucking play the game, man. You and your family be hooked up for life. You know, I don't think I could, I know I could never do that. I know that I could never, um, trade my my values um, for money or for power because I, I think that I, I feel like very confident in saying that um, but I don't know that I'm not trying to be arrogant you know, but I just don't yeah, and maybe because my upbringing you know like I just how I am I mean honestly like I, I work in finance dude you know how much fucking money I could make if I was if I was like doing shady shit you fucking loaded dude I've been offered a lot of shady deals and I've always turned them down and I've definitely had people say, why are you turning that down? You could be fucking making a shit ton of money. It's like, well, it's not about the money. It's like, I, I'm, I, I would rather have a little bit of honor than a lot of fucking money. Because you can earn money. You can't, honor's like, I mean, you got to earn that too, but it's, uh, money's easy to earn. Honor isn't. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, and you can lose, hey, you can lose money and get it back. You can make money at any time, but good luck, good luck uh, <laughs> regaining honor after a lifetime of, say, being a Nazi for a long time or any of that. Um, Listen, you know? I get it. I was a Nazi until I was 40, but I saw the light when someone gave me a bunch of money and said, don't be a Nazi anymore. <laughs> I said, oh, sounds like a good deal to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh God, my freaking we dog! We do that, man. Come lay down. My dog is being obnoxious. <laughs> How so? Oh, he's just over there whining at the door, but he's fine. He doesn't need to go outside, but he's just—he's oh, just jokeless. Liberal. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I like liberals are the ones that are always called whining, and like <laughs> I see plenty of fucking conservatives whine like little fucking bitches all the time. You ever watch Tucker, Tucker Carlson? Oh my like, God! All the time. The worst. I think that I think that just out of spite, we should run for the we should run for the liber, on libertarian ticket. We should uh, put we'll, our name. We'll be like the Daily Show combo, like like the how they were, yeah, like like us of the libertarian dude. That would be epic if that ever came into fruition. <laughs> Have you ever thought about running for something like that? No, I mean, obviously, maybe smaller scale or whatever. I've definitely thought about running for office um, a couple of times, and I've had people approach me about it. Um, but I've never pursued it just because it's a, it's a pretty big time suck, you know? Um, but as I get older, I start taking it a little bit more seriously because I don't know, man, I just, maybe because I'm older and, and I, I, I know more now, but I just, every time I, I watch these guys, I'm just like, God, what a fucking cesspool. Like how's, yeah. this is not going to get better. Maybe there's something I can do to fix it. I don't know. Do you remember touring with a band? There was a guy who was politically involved. I just can't remember if he was libertarian or not, but it, but I believe he he was. Do you remember playing with a band called Look What I Did? And there was a front yeah. man named Barry with long mm -hmm. hair. Do you remember if he was libertarian? What was he? He was a politician. I was libertarian. I I you know I I I never. I left the band, I think, right before they, look what I did, played, went on tour. 
I think that was like the first tour the band did after I was gone. But I remember wow. seeing him. I thought they were a good band. And I think I remember reading his, some stuff about him that he was, I think he was libertarian. Or it's worth looking into. It's a funny tie. It would be, I'm curious. I'll have to look into that a little more because that's, I'm curious if he's still involved with that. That's just a funny link. Um, I don't know anything about the guy. You know, I mean, I, I except for seeing him yeah. you know, play. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny just talking about this. Uh, it's like, what does it take to do that? Like, what does it take to, even, even if you're not, if you have no chance in hell, just to shake things up, you know, like what if I, yeah. what if I went to the Libertarian Party and said, listen, there's very little chance that you guys are going to support me, but I don't give a fuck because I believe in these principles, you know, and I believe that we can do better. And if you're not going to do it, then maybe I'll do it. How many people are willing to have the balls to do that? And how far would you actually go if you put your all into it? You know, it, it, that's, I think people don't realize is, I'm sure there's a lot of people who think they can make shake feathers and, and go far and, and they don't amount to anything. But it, on, the, on the flip side, you probably don't realize how far you could potentially take something like that for real. I mean, it takes a lot of ambition, a lot of gumption, a lot of energy. And, and is it worth it at the end of the day? But I think um, it, it definitely is a rare breed that's willing to do it. And if as long as you're willing to put that energy out there, you never know where it would take you or how much reception you know. you'd get. It's funny because I remember my dad used to watch the, um, the football games and baseball games when I was a kid. And he would always yell at the TV, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why didn't you do this or why didn't you do that? And I do that when I watch debates like presidential debates. I'm just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, you should have said this. And that's so, I, and the fact that you just said that, I know you're lying. I know you're a fucking liar. Hell <laughs> you know? yeah, I know, I know. Dude, when, when, when Tulsi Gabbard called out Kamala Harris about her history of, of uh, on, on the drug war, and I knew it already, but when she called it out, I was like, fuck yeah, like someone needed to do that. And the fact that, Tal that, that Kamala was able to skate away from that, really? How do you skate away from that? Well, I changed my mind. Okay. Hey, listen, we all change our mind. I will not fault you for changing your mind, but the timing is suspect. Yeah. You know, like a year prior, you were like, I'm putting moms in jail if their kids don't go to school. Now you're the <laughs> fucking vice president. Are you fucking kidding me? I know. <laughs> you know? That the drug war is something we should talk about on a future episode. I thought of, Absolutely. we definitely should spend time talking about fighting perspective at some point and uh because a couple things we talked about had to do with fighting today but the drug war would be something to obviously in future episodes uh unpack a little bit oh yeah for sure man we went i tell you what we've got we've gone i think over an hour and i try to keep these things an hour because yeah. i think people will lose <laughs> lose interest after a while but dude i swear to god i could have these conversations all day they get me fired up you know and it's like i want I, I love the idea of, of people like pretty soon we're going to have some guests on. Okay. So I've already been talking to some people that would like to be guests and I'm looking forward to that because we can, these are people that we're going to have on. They're not, some of them, quite a few aren't libertarians. Um, they maybe don't know anything about libertarianism or maybe they don't like it for whatever reason, but I think their stories are interesting and I think their stories are relevant to this idea of the Liberty movement. Um, so I'm looking forward to like having those people on so we can talk this way. Um, not as like the Kentucky libertarian dude who's like, Oh, this is some Nazi shit. You know what I mean? Like a legitimate 
Like, let's have an honest conversation, not be hyperbolic about shit, not be an asshole racist about shit, you know? Uh, yeah. And Bur- no, yeah, no, I thought of the same thing. Like, it's definitely probably around the time to, like, wrap up and all that. But at the same time, it's like the way we're building steam. This episode has felt great to me and I like talking about this and I feel like we're we're getting somewhere more and more and I enjoy where the conversations are going each time more and I like this this sort of thing it's I'm learning a lot because I, I if anybody's listening and they're like man does that Mike guy follow politics no I really don't so like <laughs> you know I'm I'm really loving what I get to learn and maybe yeah. be the buffer and and it's awesome and and yeah, I'm curious where it'll go and I'm excited to talk to more people. And I like that because I don't know, maybe I don't know stuff that other people don't know who are trying to listen to this and learn about it, like the Joe Rogan sort of uh, filter. Is it bad that we keep bringing up Joe Rogan? (laughs) No, I don't think so. You know, if somebody's narrow enough to like not want to listen to this because we reference his name a few times, they probably will find other reasons to not like us too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always funny though, man. I listen to Rogan a lot and there's definitely, I think we talked about this. There's definitely times where I'm just like, I don't agree with what he's saying at all, you know, but at some point there's going to be something really interesting in the conversation that he's having with somebody. Um, Yep. And then just going back to intentions. I mean, I don't, I don't question his intentions. I think he's just trying to have a good time and have conversations and that's God damn it. We fucking need more of that. We need way more of that. And I think we're going to have that with some of the guests that we're going to have on. Um, And who knows, man, maybe, uh, Maybe, maybe we're going to get hit up. Somebody in the Libertarian Party is going to hit us up and they'll be like, y'all need to shut up. Stop talking about Libertarian Party this way. Kind of Libertarian. <laughs> shit is that? You're either all that would in make my day. My <laughs> I would love for that. I would love for somebody to take offense to the point of reaching out and saying we're misrepresenting an always misrepresented party. <laughs> you know right you're misrepresenting the party that no one fucking understands how can you not misrepresent the libertarian party at this point i think that's all you can do when you represent it it seems like but what's more uh, about you know respect i think for the idea or the philosophy of libertarianism as opposed to the party you know i don't you know that's probably not something that people would embrace because I know where everyone likes to have the home, you know, I'm a Democrat, I'm a conservative, I'm a Republican, I'm a libertarian. And we do it here same kind of libertarian. I'm a libertarian tree hugger. You know, you're, you're, you're a psychedelic yeah. athlete. We like the, we like those labels, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I, and I embrace mine. Um, but uh, I don't live and die by what the libertarian party says. You know, yeah. I'm sure you don't ever die by like, you know, what one particular shaman says or what one particular athlete says. I'm sure you listen yeah. to you know, plenty of fighters that you're like, you fucking kidding me? Hey, I take every DMT entity with a grain of salt. That's a good note to leave on, I think. Yeah. Um, so that's the day. This was great. Um, we had a good time, man. We talked about Nazis, uh, smoking porn. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else we talk about? Libertarians being crazy. I like doing these, like, think about, like, looking back, because the conversations, they, they go off in so many different directions. You know what I mean? So we started about this, this asshole Kentucky libertarian guy who's comparing uh, vaccine passports to the extermination of 6 million Jews. Um, and then we got into porn, 
<laughs> and yeah. uh, and uh, the Libertarian Party, and what else we talk about? That covers. Uh, we definitely oh, things of that. I mean, the yeah, from the Kentucky thing to the Hitler thing to um, the porn thing to so basically you know, the, the empathy thing too. Trying to understand where people are coming from. Yeah, uh, ways to make it in politics. Ways to bring these these almost hopeless ideas and viewpoints into bigger scale things. What type of vision that takes. Um, you know, I think I want to watch the movie, Mr. Smith goes to Washington this week. If you've never seen it, I don't know if you know yeah. what I'm talking about, but like that, it is that sort of passionate, but like, you know, it is something like that, like that, that sort of thing speaks volumes to me, I think. Uh, and we touched on some of those notes and yeah, no, it was definitely so basically a wide the range. The name of this episode is going to be Nazis and porn. Yes. Nazis and porn. I like that. I mean, it's clickbait, right? We talked about clickbait too. That's some good clickbait. Yes. Nazis and porn done. <laughs> well, on that note, Mike, it was once again, it was great. And to everyone listening, thank you very much for listening to us uh, talk about Nazis and porn. And we will see you next week. Be well. Yes.